Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs wanting to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 152. For those of you new to the show, welcome. I'm a specialist in performance and mindset, working with business owners all over the world, supporting them to be the best and perform at their highest levels in life and business. And I achieved this through my coaching and online programs. I started this podcast to discover how other thought leaders and business leaders create and enjoy success and to identify common strategies and techniques as well as the mindset that they have adopted to live their version of exceptional. My aim is for you to learn and implement the valuable lessons shared in these episodes. You deserve to live and enjoy an exceptional life, but in order to achieve this, you will need to adopt new strategies and ways of thinking to achieve your goals. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having an amazing week. So while the world is going absolutely bonkers around us, my aim is to help you get focused, stay positive, and concentrate on moving things forward in your life and business. And today we are joined by two, a duo, when we don't get many of them on the show, Zach Moreno and Rock Felder. And they are part, or they are the co-founders founders of squadcast.fm and the hosts of Between Two Mics podcast. Together, they are on a mission to amplify collaboration by making the process of recording podcasts as seamless and hassle-free as possible. Their innovation product is fast becoming the industry standard to record shows remotely in best sound quality possible. Now, I'm so looking forward to this. You know, helping people create podcasts is a great thing to do. It's we certainly wish I'd had that around when I first started. So, guys, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having us. I'm really looking forward. I always lo- love the double axe because it's like, okay, this is this is complete new energy. And um, before we really dive into the topic, can you give us a little bit of a backstory about what brought you both to this point? Happy to. Yeah. So Rock and I are longtime friends. And uh, at some point to start a few years ago, decided to start a podcast, uh, really found this challenge of being able to record quality audio with a remote team and, uh, and really just kind of pivoted from the podcast into trying to build technology, new technology approaches that would help solve that, uh, that old problem of uh, being separate from your team and still needing to record content that your audience loves. And that's really what we've been of service and working closely with the podcast community for the last couple of years on. I'm very grateful for that opportunity. Wow, cool. And have you, did you always start when you kind of like left school, you're always interested in media or audio or what sort of your background? Well, my background was in uh, design and uh, software engineering, so uh, kind of a combo there. And uh, I was always exposed to audio, though, because my brother, Vince, is also now the on our team and head of support and content and um, uh, content production. So he uh, he's an audio engineer uh, by training. So I had always been around him, and he was producing uh, producing music and live and stuff like that. So had always had a bit of a familiarity with, uh, with, uh, audio production, but, uh, but never podcasting. So that was kind of a, a new frontier and actually rock my, uh, you know, good friend from high school and now co-founder, 
uh, introduced uh, introduced me to to podcasts as a listener um, because I love learning new things and going deep on topics and podcasting really just uh, you know filled filled that for me. So um, how about you, Rock? What's what's your background? Not much. Just a big fan of the medium, and and as you said, I think that's the thing that made it work for him and I is that uh, Zach and I have definitely different interests, different skill sets, uh, different experience. You know, out of out of college and in our professional careers. But I think what what really makes us a strong team is this uh, this mutual love for the medium of podcasting and always thinking that back when we started Squadcast or started talking about the idea uh, that became Squadcast, it was, we always thought that podcasting was going to come become more mainstream. It was just a matter of when and, and how big. And um, so thankfully uh, a lot's happened in the last uh, two years, especially. So uh, grateful to be continuing to ride the wave of podcasting and uh, helping podcasters, whether they're starting their journey off for the first time or a professional podcaster who's looking to up their remote con- content production. We're, we're here to help them all. Okay, so before we dive into this, because I think this is a perfectly timed sort of conversation to have, what's it like working with your best friend? <laughs> it's a gift, honestly. Uh, it's really, really a lot of fun. And also trust is really critical to uh, to our success. And I think that that was a, a prerequisite. Like Rock, uh, when, I, when I asked you to be my co-founder, it was like pretty much a list of one. So uh, I appreciate you saying yes, because otherwise I don't know that this would have actually happened, let alone been successful. Uh, so for me, it's, it's really awesome and, and uh, part of our success. That's cool. That's cool. I think that I've worked for family businesses, like my family and whoa, you know, sometimes it was really cool. And then other times it was like, oh my God. (laughs) But, but I think friends have a different dynamic because you don't choose your family, you work, you, you know, you can pick your friends very more selectively, I guess. Um, But that's really, really cool. So let's dive into this topic. We're in 2021. No, we're not. We're in 2020. Almost. Jesus. We want to be. It feels like almost <laughs> 2021. Yeah. You know, it's, it's possibly been, quite frankly, the shittest year most people have had. Um, you know, businesses and all of those sort of things that have been challenged. And, you know, podcasting is is this, you know, as you said, Rock, it's, it's really started to pick up momentum in the last sort of two years. I know, you know, even when I first started doing this, it was like, oh, well, I'll do it and I'll see. And I became realized how how much fun it was and how much of a, a great vehicle to get your message across and build a brand and all of those cool things. And that's really a critical thing that is important in business anyway, but especially what's going on at the minute. Um, for you, what do you think the benefits are of having a podcast show? I mean, you, you mentioned so many of them, but I think it's getting to be similar to like having a social media account where if you want to have some sort of web presence, there's really podcasting is one of the best ways to grow an audience and really uh, build a unique kind of intimate relationship with them that I think a lot of the mediums don't necessarily provide in the, in the way that, that podcasting does. So I'm not necessarily saying that everyone is going to have a podcast, but anyone that wants to have a web presence and, and build an audience or have influence, 
I think they're going to have a podcast. And that's one of the things that we're seeing with all these companies is so many companies are realizing that they have needs for a podcast for internal needs that may never see the light of day outside of the organization or external podcasts to help build the brand or tell unique stories uh, through the medium of audio. So it's, it's, it's something that is, is really exciting for us because we're, again, we're helping them all out. Uh, but again, we, we felt like, it was only a matter of time till people started experiencing the the magic of podcasting and, and you can really do with it whatever you want. So it's still actively being defined, which is one of the things that we have the privilege of, of, uh, of watching uh, unfold right before our eyes. And, and that's what we do on our podcast between two mics is we interview those folks that are pushing the boundaries on what is possible in podcasting because it's been around for 10 plus years, but it's still like very young uh, as a medium and, and got a lot of potential. And that's extremely exciting for, for Zach and I. Yeah. All sorts of benefits. I mean, what the examples you both shared, um, are definitely top of mind for me. Um, but some others that I can add are that uh, to build off of what you said, Rock, is that it's also a, a, a marketing channel that you own. There is no centralized platform body in podcasting that can say that what you're saying isn't legit or correct or something like that. Um, and that's a, that's a lot of power to wield. So I, th I do think that that's kind of a double-edged sword, like a lot of technology is. Um, but when it comes to owning your content and uh, not having any sort of gatekeepers, I think podcasting is unique, uh, uniquely positioned for that. Um, as well as, uh, you know, how complimentary it is. Uh, and, and like Rock said, like with intimacy, it's also something that in now, especially with uh, shelter in place and the world kind of being forced to be remote uh, for the majority of this year, I think people are really starving for those conversations and, um, and intimate connections with a long form medium when there's so many social networking uh, solutions for short form content that that's totally fine not knocking it but uh, i think there's also a really really big opportunity in the world for for long form conversations where people go deep into topics and i think that's really where podcasting shines yeah i think i always i also like the fact that i think it's um for people who are doing a show or starting out i think it's a lot easier to get into than say the youtube channels you know, and you've got to, you know, you, you need to get your, your, the perfect presentation up and you need to do all of that where in reality with a podcast is you can be more relaxed because no one has to see your face. And also if you want to do it in your, in your PJs and whatever else you can, but it, it doesn't, it, there's, there's less of an obstacle to actually get in the way of you not doing it. The tech is a lot cheaper as well to start off with than what it can be with a with a YouTube channel. Yeah, the the barriers to entry are are significantly lower for for audio than they are for video. But there are there is still you know I'm sure you're familiar with this in your journey, but there is still work to be done. And uh, one thing that I'll mention is that a lot has been said about the intimacy of podcasting and being able to talk directly into your audience's ear. And, uh, and that's a power that, that uh, we, we wield as podcasters, but it's also not something that comes for free. Uh, I think uh, intimacy is, uh, is preserved and enhanced uh, and credibility as well is enhanced by the quality of the content and the listener's experience when they're listening, especially for long form. You can get very fatigued if the quality of the audio 
that you're listening to for the course of an hour, two hours, if that's low quality, people aren't going to necessarily enjoy that or stick around. And that's really where uh, with Squadcast, we get to help people kind of find that sweet spot of low barriers to entry where the tech doesn't get in your way, uh, but it's all in service of that listener experience. So you preserve that credibility and intimacy. No, that's cool. That's cool. Okay, so let's dive in. So we've got, I know from the listeners who have contacted me, we've got different stages. We've got some people who are just thinking about starting out. We've got other ones who are sort of the, they're running, they've been running for reasonably a long time. Um, if we speak to the people who are just, who are going, you know what, podcast is a great idea for my business or, or getting the brand out or anything. For you, where are, you know, some of the top tips that you could share with them? Obviously, the first one was look at Squadcast, obviously. Um, but the second one is what are some of the tips they can look at to start, to start out and get going? Actually, I would. I don't know if Squadcast would be the first one. Of course, we'd love to help them out. But I would say I'm. I'm you know, I, I appreciate the uh, the the kind gesture, though. But uh, I would say be realistic and and set your expectations realistically is is what I'm saying. Which is, uh, and I'm sure sure you know uh, as well is that podcasting is a, a bit of a grind. And I don't mean it's like super difficult or complex, but it requires a lot of consistency. And it's not just usually going to result in an overnight success the way that I'm sure many of us want. I mean, a lot of people, I think, get inspired by big time shows like This American Life, Serial, or Joe Rogan. But each of those shows has, there's a lot going into it, a lot more going into it than just stepping behind a mic, hitting the record button, and then distributing it out to the world. There's so much that goes into it. And a lot of it is really about consistency, caring about quality, the way that Zach just mentioned. Um, so that that's usually what what I would say is just you know it's it's we we always hear podcasters come into the space just like full of passion and that's a great thing and that's one of the big things is what's so exciting is that so many new people are coming into the space trying it out for the first time but it's even more important that like we keep you podcasting because you see that there's so many different hats to wear and uh, a lot to be done and and sometimes you don't really get those results instantly uh, there's not that instant feedback it sometimes can feel like you're just talking into the mic and you don't know who's listening for a while but um, what we've seen time and time again is that it rewards consistency so it may sound long now if you're just starting off, but one, two, or excuse me, two to three years seems to be that magical mark of your podcast being out there. And if you're, you're being consistent and upping your game each and every show, um, magical things start to happen around that time frame. Yeah, I like that because I think, um, cause I think it, a lot of people with many things is they, they, as you say, they look at uh, Joe Rogan or they look at um, Tim Ferriss or, you know, any of those ones and they think it's the field of dreams. You know, if we do it, they'll, they'll come. And as you say, it's over time where people build the trust and you deliver the quality and you, your sound is good and all of that. And, and all of a sudden as they'll start. And I think, I know from my own journey, I used to think I was talking to no one. And then all of a sudden, you start to see a couple of testimonials come up and then a couple more and a couple more. And then all of a sudden, you think, oh, hang on, I am reaching someone. But it's kind of like that. Um, uh, there's like, like a, an illustration of them digging for gold and they just give up just before they strike because it's they're waiting for that, you know, fanfares or something to come off and say, oh, you've done it. Um, but I suppose that also is part of the understanding what you actually want to get out of the show. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, being clear and uh, setting expectations up front as to what you exactly what you just shared, like what actually do you want to get out of this? Because there's all sorts of values in podcasting. It's not all silver and gold. It's not all monetization. There's a huge networking component that can come from podcasting where um, you can reach thought leaders, provide, you know, a platform and have an actual connection with that individual beyond just the half an hour, hour you record with them. So I think that there's all sorts of values that kind of social equity is, uh, I think, a useful way to think about that as just one example. Um, and then I, you know, I really um, have a have a different take than what Rock just shared, although I do agree. Um, is it is a lot like compound interest when it comes to the consistency over time and realizing that investment building up as you go. Um, the other piece is uh, is that you know you uh, you want to give yourself optionality and set yourself up for success. So I think a lot of people jump in and think, oh, there's all this tech I got to get. I got to get this microphone. I got this audio interface and all these little boxes on my desk. Um, but that that gets kind of complicated very quickly. And uh, you don't actually need to opt into a lot of that stuff. You can to uh, to really gain, you know, that, those levels of quality over time. Um, but starting simple, I think, really keeps the the mental fatigue at a minimum. And uh, it's it is a it is a low barrier to entry if you kind of design for that optionality into your workflow, uh, kind of taking taking into account your own uh, sustainability to be able to keep doing this show for a long time. Yeah, and that's a really good point. It's it's the re, you realize the commitment of what it takes, especially if you're starting out and you you know you don't have editors and you you're doing it yourself and you've got a it almost becomes a business in itself just to run the show from getting guests and if you're lucky enough to reach out and get you know booking agencies or whatever who do make life a hell of a lot easier um but also the the one thing that i found and um is the sometimes you've just got to have a bit of courage to reach out to people and say would you like to come on the show um i, I remember there was one guy i absolutely um love his work i love his brand and i remember going i'd love to get him on the show maybe episode 150 or something we'll get him on the show and i remember my son saying well why don't you just send him a facebook message and ask i said because i've only done three episodes son don't be stupid you know nothing you're grounded um and, and, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden i sent him a facebook message and i and two minutes yeah love to um come on and for me, that was almost like the, it was like the barrier to go, oh, okay, people will come on, will come on this. But the caveat to that is, in my experience, and I'd be really interested to know what you think about this, is the big names aren't always the best to get on your show because they don't, um, not all of them, um, but they don't need to push you out. They don't need to share it on social media. They don't need to do those things. And then the 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 smaller fish, and I use that in the nicest term possibly. They want to put more energy behind it because they want to share their brand. They want to grow. They want to share the message because that benefits them. Do, have you found that, or what are your experiences in that one? 
Yeah. So discussions that I've had with podcasters, I've, I've definitely heard similar uh, stories to that, that um, even though they, they preach all these best practices, as far as uh, sharing episodes and, you know, helping, helping the interviews that you've been on kind of get, get, uh, get spotlight and stuff like that. Cause it's, a, it means, uh, it means the world to us, right? Like that's a huge deal to, to land someone like that. And, you know, the least they could do is retweet what, what you sent out or something like that. Um, but yeah, they don't necessarily practice it, but even if they, they preach it. Another thing that we've heard is that, um, even though that they are, you know, they may be a high profile guest, famous guest, whatever, have a massive audience that oftentimes it's because they might be be telling the same story that's already been told on all these other podcasts. So people aren't really as interested or as captivated as uh, someone that's maybe less well-known, but has such a unique story that uh, it totally floors your guests. And I think that's what Joe Rogan is so good at is getting these guests that we haven't heard of. And then because he's Joe Rogan, he has this platform where they go out and then they go out to all these other shows and kind of tell that same story. But, um, you know, and it's, I guess that comes down to interview style. So, um, you know, that's our job as podcasters to kind of do our research, to really find what are those untapped stories or, uh, layers of the onion that haven't been peeled back. Um, and that's one of the things that our, our advisor, Jordan Harbinger, who has, uh, the Jordan Harbinger show, that's something we've learned from him is his prepper, his level of preparation is, is, is second to none. And, and uh, it really shows in the interview because they go places that, you know, these are famous people, but you're hearing stuff that you never knew about them. So um, that that's what really, I think makes, makes a big difference for, from what I learned, but absolutely what you're saying is, is consistent too. Have you heard anything like that, Zach? I think what you just shared, right. The, the untold stories of people kind of uh, finding those, finding those nuggets. Um, and, and then also that's added value for your audience because a lot of times authors and thought leaders, they, they will have been on other shows. So, um, you know, and to come back to something else you mentioned, Jeff, is that um, it's, it is a lot like running a company, you know, and I can, I can say that with any kind of degree of confidence now, because that's, that's what we're doing as a startup. There's a lot of parallels between, uh, you know, running a startup or a company and running uh, and doing a podcast. So I think about that often. And those parallels are, are, um, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty interesting to consider. So I think, uh, I think kind of, you know, just planning for it, think using that as a good, you know, existing mental model is, is very helpful. Um, and also thinking about, you know, what do you, what's your product then as a podcaster? It's, it's the episodes that you're producing and, and publishing, uh, you know, every week or two weeks or however often it is. So just like we think about user experience when it comes to the software that we're engineering and designing, the listener's experience is, is really uh, the equivalent there for the podcast. So, uh, so of course, content is king, no argument there, right? And that's really where you would get into these untold stories and uh, people who your audience may not have heard from. Um, but, but you're absolutely right. Just like uh, we, got, we got some advice I think a while ago from from uh, Dan Martell is a is a you know thought leader within the startup space uh, and serial entrepreneur and he shared uh, he shared something with me a long time ago that really uh, you know struck uh, struck me when you when you just said uh, something a moment ago is that um, you know often uh, when you reach out to these other companies and say hey I want to partner with you we have this idea uh, it's kind of obvious to reach out to the biggest one the number one in whatever category. Um, but oftentimes the number two, three, and four are way more hungry 
to, to get into that number one spot through a partnership with you as a differentiator. So I think it's kind of similar with a podcast guest as well. Yeah. And I, and I think the other thing is, is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the same with on the, on the other side of having a guest on the show, I've been on some shows, um, with some pretty big hosts and your threat, like a commodity, not like a person. So they run you through almost like a, like a conveyor belt, like get on, sod off. And then we'll, we'll want the next one. And I think for me, yeah, and, and one of my biggest, one of the biggest take backs was from that because, you know, you always sit, well, at least I do, I always come back and reflect after being on a show and go, what did I like? What didn't I like? What would I kind of like, like to learn from that? Um, and it was remember that they're people you're talking to because it's such, when you're so hyped to go, oh, I'm going to be on this show. And then it's literally, you run through like some sort of press gang straight through and then out and i think it's also remembering that it's that it's still a relationship thing and who's winning in that relationship too you know it's like it's like uh you're not winning because you're not feeling great i'm sure the audience can tell that there's no relationship or not this conversation where you know this is not a a authentic conversation you know um so so who's who's winning in this unfortunate uh, equation yeah I totally, it's it, it's a bizarre it's a bizarre thing when they do it, especially with daily shows. Like the pressure can be very high to have that cadence of daily episodes dropping, and then you get into this practice of batching interviews. And I think if you're not careful and designed for it, it can lead to something like you just described, Jeff. And um, I know I've spoken with uh, uh, one of our early customers and now now friend of ours and you know voiced in the podcast community uh jeremy ryan slate used to have a daily show and used to batch and uh i believe his show grew substantially once he kind of went to a few episodes a week i think two or three episodes a week instead of daily um he was able to build more rapport with his guests he was able to be more relaxed and and his audience you know, responded positively to that. So it's kind of counterintuitive, but uh, I, I don't know that less, you know, I don't know. I, I think less is more when it comes to to podcasting, like, you know, being really thoughtful. You're also being more respectful of everybody's time, including your listeners, um, where, you know, there's, I don't think there's any way all of us could listen to every episode that somebody like uh, Joe Rogan or any of these people who are podcasting f- for that long and that often, um, it's just it's just not a fair expectation. So it's like it's it's respecting your time, your guest time, and your audience's time. Yeah. So there's a, there's two things that you brought up there that's quite inter- that got me thinking about stuff. Number one about batching. Um, the 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 batching process is is that something that you kind of like would recommend people to do or because it's I know that I used to kind of like interview someone or last week and then get it edited and ready to go for Wednesday which is my release date and then it was like I was always running by the seat of my pants and if I was I don't know if I was ill or if I was on holiday or something, I, I wouldn't necessarily plan ahead. And then the, the second part of that question is, um, how do you feel about seasons? And is there a proper um, strategy for seasons? Like, should there be gaps between or should it just be, I've ended the season and next week you start a season? Are there any guidelines that you can give with that? 
All right, cool. So, uh, so with batching, it, it's again a bit of a double-edged sword if you're not careful. So, um, with technology like Squadcast, you can absolutely schedule, you know, eight interviews, ten interviews in a day, and just go one by one by one, um, and that's very efficient. Uh, I think measurably efficient. Um, but you run into, you know, concerns when it comes to sustainability treating your guests like a real human, like you mentioned. Uh, you just want to be, it, it, I don't think efficiency is like the metric, right? It's one of the metrics. Uh, so as long as it's not sacrificing that intimate connection, that personal exploration of an, each individual person's story, and you're still able to preserve that uh, that level of conversation going in and out of these different conversations. I personally find it difficult to context switch. Uh, I think that's just me, though. So um, as an example, if I'm writing software, if I'm doing software engineering, I don't really schedule podcast interviews because for me, switching between those two contexts is very taxing and uh, sometimes impossible. So that's why I tend to not necessarily batch like one after the other after the other, but I tend to kind of group. I don't know if that's a equivalent term I can use, but I'll, I'll say, okay, like Thursday is like my content day and I'll kind of switch in between like writing or, um, or, you know, scheduling the next couple interviews that we're going to be on our show and vice versa, uh, recording a few here and there, but I also leave kind of some gaps in between there, uh, so that I can preserve my sustainability and be fresh, uh, for every one of these conversations. So, um, I, I think there's a balance there. It probably depends. Like, uh, personally having spoken with, uh, Jeremy Ryan Slate, who I mentioned before, he's a beast in like every way possible and probably is more capable of batching like on an energy level than I am. So, uh, so I, I do think it kind of, uh, as long as you're still able to design with intention for the positive outcome of your listeners experience and, and batching, that seems like a win-win, but you don't want to sacrifice that listener experience or your guests experience all in the sake of being very efficient. Um, so, uh, so I'll turn it over to you rock for the, the season question. Yeah, as it pertains to having a, a seasonality nature to your show, uh, it's a good question and definitely something that um, I think is deserves getting talked about more. We see a, a common question that's kind of parallel in my mind is like, you know, what's the perfect length or what's the right length of a podcast episode? And I feel like the, the, the answer is kind of similar to should I have seasons in my podcast, which is it depends on your show. It depends on what you, you want. It depends on like, how are you going to, it, will you, will that help with your consistency? Will it help raise the quality of your show? But me personally, I do like seasonality in shows because it gives the podcaster space to kind of take a break or even to be uh, really creative. Like you don't have to be tied down to like uh, a certain way because you're, you can experiment between seasons, which is what uh, something we see, like maybe there'll be a, a focus or a theme for each season. So it allows you that flexibility and liberation where, um, which you always have in podcasting, you know, that's one of the cool things is, is it again, it's your show. You can pretty much do whatever you want. If it's five hours, one day, uh, a five hour long episode, one day and 20 minutes, the other, but they're both awesome and, des and needed that, that time that's that there's no right or wrong answer. And I think, uh, we tend to box ourselves into like, well, this is my show. This is what my audience expects. And it, you know, maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe you don't want to rock the boat, but you do have liberty, flexibility. Uh, and I think seasonality kind of bakes that into the show a little bit more than just 
you're at it every week delivering, you know, one to two episodes a week. Like um, I could see how that could get a little exhausting for, for anybody. Uh, but it also depends on the show. Like if you're doing uh, one of those more narrative form shows, like a serial, like it probably should be a season. Like that's so it's such a high level of production requires so much time to create. Um, there's probably no other way to do it other than seasons. I, I would imagine. I mean, I'm sure there's some pros that could do it, but for, for us, for, for people that want to remain sane. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of, of, of seasons. And uh, I, I like the question. Cause again, I think it needs to get talked about more. I think we're so used to just like, you got to have something out every week and, and it's good if you can do that. And, and again, stay sane, but you don't have to. I think the, I think the other challenge uh, certainly the one that sort of if you want the internal battle I have is I've done a interview based show for so long because of success IQ was about asking people how they became successful and stuff and I was always nervous about being doing just a, a host only episode um, and part of that I don't know. It's interesting the sort of the demons that come out when you go, okay, well, you're going to do like a host only. And then it was, you know, you, you like look at it and go, well, do they want to just listen to a host only or do they want? And then all of a sudden it was, well, maybe I'll just do another show, but it's, but it's having that confidence, I guess, and that flexibility to go, do you know what? I'll just do myself and I'll do it for 15 minutes rather than 45 minutes or I'll do it. But sometimes it can take a little bit of, as you say, it may be a gamble. Um, but I suppose as if you, if you know your audience and you can communicate with your audience, which sometimes is a challenge as well, because sometimes people don't talk, you know, it's, you can, People that, that generally on a lot of times on face uh, on like let's say YouTube videos, the ones you hear are the um, the weasels that come out of the woodwork and just want to insult you when they want to. But a lot of people for podcasting, they just want to listen to the content. They don't necessarily want to jump over and and do something else. And for me, what I realized is is just doing interviews. The thought was, am I actually sharing me? my knowledge and my brand out or am I only showing that I'm a, you know, let's say for argument's sake, a skilled, a skilled interviewer or whatever else. And I think sometimes that's another challenge as well. It is. And it comes up in our meetups here in the Bay area all the time where the host could probably share a little bit more of their personality as the common thread between these interviews. Um, you know, another kind of uh, option that we have as podcasters, and I think it was our friend Greg Clunas with the Tiny Leaps Big Changes podcast who pointed out to me when we were having a similar conversation at a, at a past event, I think the outlier event in LA, um, was that there's kind of a, a middle ground between these questions of seasonality and uh, cadence of releasing and publishing cadences is, is uh, where you have even more optionality is uh, segments. So you could experiment with doing a host only segment uh, mixed in with maybe two other interviews on all on one topic, right? So you even have some more options when it comes to uh, doing experiments and trying things. And then you're absolutely right. It's very valuable to, if it's an, if it is an experiment, then how are you going to measure the results of that experiment? And that's really where your audience feedback loop comes in, which is something else that uh, as podcasters doesn't come for free because we don't have a centralized platform like Facebook. 
uh, sorry, sorry, uh, YouTube uh, does with video. You, uh, but, but there's all kinds of ways that you can set up to actually engage with your audience. We just have to take that extra step to nurture that conversation. Um, but absolutely, like just like a startup, you want to be doing experiments and you want to measure those results. And uh, a segment uh, is a really great way to uh, not really invest too much into going in one direction, but still having that option to kind of play around and see what works. I like that. I'm going to do a segment. That's very good. I like that one, Zach. <laughs> Did you have anything to add there, Rob? <laughs> Thanks, Greg. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. I think, like, uh, it, it, like Zach said, it, it comes up in meetups all the time. So that's the best source is, is straight from podcasters. Hey guys, so just before we jump over to the second part of the show, I've got a great opportunity for you. I've been working hard on an online program designed to assist you in building a strong personal success plan and developing those goal achieving superpowers. More than ever, I've seen the importance of honing these skills and maximizing your energy and efforts in a focused direction. So I'm looking for 20 people who would like to join me on the pilot program of Success IQ Catalyst. It's free, what we'll do is, We'll basically work through the program and I will coach you while you give me feedback on the program. And it's designed to help you get clarity, focus and a plan that assists you in living that exceptional life. If you're interested, just visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk forward stroke catalyst pilot or the information is on the show notes. Take care. Have an amazing day. Now let's get back on with the That's show. That's cool. That's cool. Okay, I could speak to you forever. Um, okay, so we're going to jump over to the second part of the show. This is where I ask a set of questions to find common threads that flow through everyone. So, number one, um, uh, it, you can answer them separately, which is probably will get more information then, is on average, how much time roughly do you dedicate to self-development? That's body, mind, and spirit. Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, at least uh, I, I do something every day as far as uh, physical development. But for me, like, like exercise is, is just as much of, of a benefit mentally as it is physically. Uh, I just feel so much more accomplished and just good about my day when, when uh, I have uh, exercised or I'm, I'm like exercise like throughout the week, uh, I'm big on momentum and keeping that going. So, um, so yeah, every day, uh, at least an hour. And then there's, I used to read more and used to watch like more like YouTube videos and stuff. I just think our, our business is getting so, so, uh, busy these days. It's, it's, I'm having struggles carving out time like that, but yeah, that, uh, at least an hour a day. Yeah, I would, I would say for me, it's something similar. Like I, uh, I practice meditation most days. I, uh, have been, been, uh, exercising daily, uh, as well. And then, um, yeah, some form of reading, podcasting, um, uh, listening and, uh, and, and watching, uh, videos. So I think that between that, I would say some, somewhere around that, yeah, probably an hour, maybe, maybe two hours, depending on the day. Um, but it is, uh, as a, as a creator, it's a necessary part of creation is, is uh, consuming and, uh, and getting that inspiration from the work that other creatives are doing. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay, question number two. What book has made the biggest impact to your self-development or personal growth and why? And it doesn't have to be a traditional self-help book. 
Oh, cool. Uh, the one that comes to mind for me is called uh, High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard. And it's not that this book is like out of this world good. It's a good book. So no, no offense to Brendan, but for whatever reason, the tactics and strategies he outlined in that book, they just worked for me. And it's stuff that I carry with me. Like it, for whatever reason, a lot of the stuff just, just stuck. So I really like that one. For me, it's a, it's a book called Dr. Space. It's a biography about um, uh, Warner Von Braun, Dr. Warner Von Braun, um, who developed the Saturn V rocket and basically modern rocket science as we know it. And uh, he was a very complicated individual, like, of course, uh, had his roots in the, the Nazi party in Germany in World War II. So that's not something I identify with at all, but, um, but it is a, a fascinating life that he lived. And, um, you know, more so in the second half of his life, I think he's a, a source of inspiration for me. Cool. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, question number three, what app makes the biggest impact to your business or personal life and why? Do you want to start with this one, Zach? <laughs> I can, can give it. <laughs> I'll say Spotify. I love, I love podcasts. I love music. I'm using Spotify the most probably because I'm just a fan of both of those mediums so much that one of those is almost always in the mix. I mean, I could give a super nerdy answer, but, uh, <laughs> go on, give us a, I bet I, is it a one? All right. So I'll heard? say VS code because, uh, Squadcast was developed. The code was written inside of that, that, uh, programming environment. Uh, for the most part. Well, there you go. Zach, 152 episodes, and we've never <laughs> had that one. So there you go. There we go. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, question number four. What's your biggest business mistake that turned into a valuable lesson, and what did it teach you? All right, I'll take this one. I got one, Zach. So I was fortunate enough to learn this lesson pretty early in my career. So I think it was like I was either 18 or 19. I was working as a like a food server at a restaurant and I came into work one day and I was I was late and my boss was like, oh, there's Roxy. I told you he'd be, he'd, be, he'd come in. And I was like, well, well hey, manager, like what, 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 do you, what did you mean by that? And she's like, oh, they were worried because you were late. And I told them that don't worry, Rock will come in. He's just always late. And it was the first time where I was like introduced with the the concept of a reputation and how my reputation somehow was being uh, affected that I was getting this reputation rather of being a late person. And I mean, it's common sense, right? But I had kind of just learned that people came in late at that job. So I didn't think it was a big deal, but it certainly became a big deal when I realized that it became a part of my reputation. And that's something that has kind of always stuck with me is that like you takes a, a lot to build a, a good reputation, but not very much to, to destroy it. So um, it's always been a part of like my personal or business uh, like practices ever since. I do. Yeah. Uh, again, more nerdy, but, um, we, uh, we shipped, we shipped an update, uh, probably one of our bigger updates. Um, and it was all planned around going to sponsoring this big event and podcasting. And we rolled out the update right before I got on the plane and was like, okay, all good. And by the time I got off the plane in Philadelphia, um, like all hell had broken loose and, uh, the update did not land on its feet, and it was the only time in my career that I had to roll an update back, and that is still true. 
Um, so that stuck that that stuck with me. And uh, there's all sorts of ways that that could have been avoided and handled better. Um, and uh, I learned a lot and picked up a lot from that that lesson and opportunity. Um, we made it we made it right fairly quickly, but it was a, it was a painful uh, you know 48 hours, let's say. So uh, that was uh, always something that'll stick with me. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Okay, question number five. Um, what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? I think I don't make enough personal time because I'm just enjoying like what's going on in work life so much. And it's so integrated enough where I can kind of still get my personal time in that it doesn't feel like I don't have a personal life, but in a lot of ways I kind of don't, but it's, but it's like, but it's okay. And, and uh, it's, it's a been a good, it's a great opportunity for us to really make the most of this opportunity and, and we're all sheltering in place anyway. So I'm kind of less concerned with it, but I think for the long term, it is something that I, I want to stay mindful of. Like I don't want to lose touch with friends or family just because what I'm doing in, in, in business and, and personal life is so interesting. So I think that's the big thing is like maintaining those relationships that really mean the most to me. Um, yeah, so I, I have a similar challenge to rock, uh, but this is the good part about being able to work with your friends and, and, you know, people you're close with is that it, it is, it's blurry and that's, that's uh, a challenge sometimes. But, uh, for me, as long as I'm getting sleep and, uh, and practicing meditation on a, on a regular basis, that keeps me very balanced. And, uh, I have experienced the opposite. When uh, I was super depressed, had been diagnosed with depression and social anxiety disorder, and the root of that was not sleeping enough and and uh, you know not having uh, a connection to uh, to being present in the moment. So those are really critical for for me, uh, sustainability wise. Yeah, it's really interesting as well because I know you know one of the challenges of when you own your own business, whether you want to call yourself an entrepreneur, solopreneur, whatever it is. It's that challenge of doing something that you love and you don't necessarily categorize it as a job. And then especially, because I've heard a lot from um, clients, uh, you know, if we go from March when all of this madness really started, is how much it actually is part of their relaxation in a weird way as well when they're doing their work and how lost and disconnected they felt when they didn't, because I think one of the biggest, you know, as a coach, you know, when you're speaking to people, the first thing you do is, okay, what's the plan? And you can always go back to the foundation, which is, okay, there's the plan. That's the thing that's driving you. And in March, literally, you might as well have just got that and thrown it behind you and just went, yeah, sod the plan. With it. And I think that there's an important part of mental health for entrepreneurs in having their work in order to do something that because they're passionate about what they do. Absolutely. And there are also downsides to flow state, you know, that I don't, I think people always often talk about it. Like it's a, it's purely a positive thing and it, and it is uh, largely positive, but uh, you know, when you're, when you're not responding to your wife's questions about what you want to eat for dinner, because you're, busy building out this back end or something like that, like that's kind of a, kind of a little too far, you know? So I think that that's a, a balancing act as well. <laughs> yeah. 
So thank you. Thank you to my wife, Becca, for, uh, for understanding that balance and helping me to, to maintain it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Number six, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Well, uh, some early advice that we got, because I think one of the, one of the pitfalls that, uh, startup founders can fall into is that we're encouraged at every opportunity to think massively, to think big and bold and just, you know, shoot for the moon and Mars and beyond. And, um, and that is a, a positive exercise, but it can also, uh, it can also kind of fly in the face of focus. So, uh, so we actually fell into this pitfall early on of, we found this problem that I mentioned when we first started speaking of, uh, you know, quality remote content production. And uh, we started there as our kind of core. And then we extrapolated it out in all these different directions and dreamt up and visioned out this massive platform with all the things podcasting integrated into one one, um, experience. And uh, that was a lot of fun, you know, exercise to do. But but we got some really great advice from our founding advisor, Harry Duran. And that was to focus on being the best in the world at the core problem that you set out to solve. And, uh, and that really was kind of the opposite of a lot of the advice that we had heard as founders. So, um, so that was, uh, you know, a critical thing that we come back to often is the, the value of focus. Yeah, I think, I think for me, it's like, um, you know, if you're, if you're someone that's like listening to this show, you probably get inspired by hearing other people's stories and, and I'm, just the same. And so, but I think there can be some harm in that and thinking that those people know something that you don't or have some skill sets or talents that you don't. And what I've learned is that just is not true. And, and, and it's, it's the best news ever is that they're, you know, as, as awesome as some of the people that we've had the privilege to meet are, they are at the same time, like more or less normal people. And, and, you know, if you have any like inkling or desire to like, be a creator, an entrepreneur, like just go for it because you, you, you never know what you're capable of unless you give yourself a chance and you'd be surprised what happens when you do give yourself a chance. And I just remember like kind of always struggling mentally thinking like we must be missing something or I, I must be missing something personally. And, and you know, I don't know if like what it takes to figure it out. And now kind of looking on the other side of like, you know, I'm not saying that we're successful yet, but like we don't have to worry about how we're our team and our paychecks are going to get funded. Like things are going relatively good and, 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 you know, better than we could have ever imagined in some ways. And it's like, you know, I'm not really that much different than what I was before that. It's just, I gave myself that opportunity and, and Zach, you know, me and Zach just took a bet on ourselves and it's, it's continued to work out and, and, you know, there's nothing particularly different about us then to now, other than uh, just a little bit more experience and a little bit more bumps and bruises along the way, you know? Mm. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Question number seven, what is your definition of success? Man, I think, I mean, I, we, I, th- I feel like Zach, we wake up every day, just like stoked to do what we do. So to me, it's that simple. Um, I don't know if that'll like it, like that last that way forever doing what we're doing. But the other exciting thing for me, and I think it's the same for you, Zach, is like our jobs are evolving like constantly. And what we're doing today is so much different from what we were doing even two months ago. It's kind of mind blowing how how much and it can be demanding and stressful. And we're always kind of 
uncomfortable and having to face new challenges and, and uh, stretch our, our understanding and abilities. But I like that because that pressure just forces me to become better and demand more from myself. So maybe I'm a little sick in that way, but it definitely is what I, I like about this. So that to me is success. I completely agree with rock, uh, on that. And the only thing I'll add is that, um, I define, you know, I think it's helpful to have a personal mission. Uh, so I, I think that's kind of a, a guiding star. Uh, of course we have a mission as a company and I have the great fortune and privilege of having alignment between those two things because I was able to, you know, help define both. But for me, it's really, uh, expressing my full potential. Uh, you know, I have complete faith in myself and being able to rise to any occasion and challenge that we face. Uh, so, you know, to your point, Rock, uh, investing in yourself is kind of the, the best ROI you could ever imagine from, from any investment. Um, but then also, you know, what are you capable of and are you expressing that? To me, I get really sad when I feel like um, I could have done something or I should have done something and I hesitated and I didn't do that. Um, but I don't feel that way if I tried something and I, and I didn't quite come out uh, with the outcome that I wanted. I, I still feel good about even, you know, trying to express that potential. So for me, I, I always come back to that. Like, am I, what is my, what am I capable of? And am I expressing it to that degree? Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I asked this question is, is because so many times I see people and, and, and I've gone through clinical depression and uh, long-term illness and to, to actually to the, to the brink of leaving the house to commit suicide. Um, and the reason why I asked that question is because I see so many people living someone else's version. They don't take a moment and go, what is it? Because I don't know, let's just say you've been told that, you know, money is the root of all evil or, you know, when the the wealthy are, are, are nasty people or whatever it is, um, and not just around money, it can be about many other different things. And I think it's not until you stop and you go, actually, what is it that I want in my life that will mean something, whether it's being a great parent or whether it's being a great partner or whatever it is. And it's the reason why I ask that question is because I love you know, it, you you mentioned it before about, you know, just because people come on the show and they go, you know, I've set up a, you know, whether it's a multi-million pound business or, a, you know, a, a SaaS company or whatever it is, but actually to hear that people can have the same definition of success and go, yeah, I want that. I can, I can do that too. And I think that's such an important thing and it doesn't have to be complicated to have someone just go look i want the freedom to be able to do what i want when i want because those words mean something different to every single person that will have it and i think that's the important thing behind it so true and beautiful yeah and i respect your journey tremendously i mean i've i've been in a similar place um and you know Really, really grateful to have every day coming full circle um, and and living out that uh, that dream. So uh, I'm glad you know we're in, we're in good company. So thank you for sharing that. Cool, cool. Okay, number eight. Do you have any daily routines and rituals that make a huge positive impact to your day? 
I kind of mentioned it earlier, but for me, it's, it's, uh, getting up early and, uh, always getting up early. That's like one of my big things, but usually getting up early to do like a run or, or exercise and feeling like I already won the day. Mm. Cool. Are you like a five thirty in the morning? Sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but I, mm-hmm. I definitely try. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And what about yeah, you? Yeah, for for me, it's uh, it's my meditation practice, um, and part of that is exercise for me. I find that very uh, meditative. But um, but you know, like I just shared, I I uh, I was able to kind of uh, liberate myself from that depression and social anxiety by practicing meditation. I, I give a lot of credit over to that. Um, and I thought at the time that that would help me get back to some sense of normalcy, some balance. Um, but what I didn't expect is that it would continue to carry me well beyond what uh, my expectations were. And, you know, I, I sit here years later uh, being even comfortable to talk about it because of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Right, chaps. So we're at the end of the show. This is an opportunity for you to share how we can find out more about Squadcast. That's it. I'll apologize for that. So all of us, how can people get hold of Squadcast? How can we reach out and connect with you? Um, Please, the floor is yours. Well, thank you so much again, Jeff, for having us on your show. It's, uh, it's, it's always great to connect with people creating great content like yourself uh, for, for your mission is really great work. Um, so we're happy to help if you're interested in starting a podcast or just want to kind of riff about any of the things we've talked about, whether it's workflow or best practices or ways that you can improve your podcast. Uh, of course, we provide a platform to help connect and record quality content from anywhere in the world. So if that's something you're into, feel free to reach out to us uh, anytime. We, uh, we have a phenomenal community manager, Ariel. We're very invested in the podcast community and ecosystem. So uh, we're very available anywhere uh, online at squadcast.fm. And uh, yeah, please reach out if you're interested in, uh, in starting a podcast. Cool. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me. Um, I've really, really enjoyed it. And I could I could honestly speak to you guys forever. You can see that you're passionate about what you do. Um, and uh, just this final opportunity, just to wish you the greatest success. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening. And it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast. And that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. And if you'd have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.